Hello and welcome to Shades and Coffee, the almost weekly look good, feel good podcast presented by me, Vivian Braidwood. My guest today came to the UK in 1989 to escape the war in Lebanon. She now runs a very successful boutique Pilates studio in West London, where she currently has eight teachers running 43 classes each week to over 250 clients of all ages and abilities. She prioritises personal attention to form, technique and achieving the right results for each client, hence why class sizes are capped at six people. Often described as a ray of sunshine, this coffee addict can be relied on to help her clients find perspective and a positive mental attitude as she has quite the knack for training both mind and body through her sessions. Please welcome founder and owner of Pilates Body Shape, Rima Majid. Yeah, you have to have substance, of course, but it's, it makes you feel good to look good. So, and everybody, like, I think we're all, you know, created in a beautiful form. It's just how you present it. Just it's as simple as that. And it doesn't have to be like extreme or expensive or whatever. You can, I swear to God, Vivian, I have one of my nicest dresses that every time I wear, people say, you look amazing. You look amazing in that. And I, and I have other brands and everything. And it's an H&M dress. It's simple H&M dress. I just put the right shoes on and I'm done. When you talk about beauty or, you know, looking after yourself or feeling good, looking good, it's different things to different people. For more than a decade, I, I didn't wear makeup or anything like that. And I work in that industry. But I think it's everything is personal. Whatever gives you the more like confidence to, to deal with things, because I think your appearance plays a big role in your confidence. I started wearing makeup, like literally, I think I would say in my early 40s. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I didn't wear makeup before at all. Hang on a minute. This is a woman that I know wears Louboutins, but with no yeah, makeup. But I, I always, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always like, I'm like you, you know, as long as like my skin is great, uh, my eyebrows are shaped and um, my teeth are proper. I'm not, like, I didn't wear even any makeup, just like face oils or face cream or anything like that. And that's it, I'm done. And my daughters are the same still until now. They don't wear makeup. Wow. They're like 27 and 25 and they don't wear makeup. And they dress up immaculately, but they hardly wear makeup. Hardly. I think as I got older, it's more like the, what I wear is more to just even the complexion of my skin tone and stuff like that. Because you start like, you know, you don't have the same glow yes. that you have like, or that I had like, you know, before. So it's just, and so I still wear it kind of really sort of as natural as possible. So it can be the same makeup coming to the studio and the same makeup going out for dinner. It doesn't change. It's yeah. probably the lipstick would be slightly brighter or darker, but that's about it. Well, I'll give you a top tip, SPF. Because if you can see what the sun does to anything, to your furnishings at home or you know, to your leather settees, the sun is doing that to your skin. You know, in terms of aging, that's the number one. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah, I yeah. swear by, yes. Yeah. Oh, I'll go get some now then. <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with growing older disgracefully. I fully, no, I fully no, intend to I embrace it. It's a matter of preference. I'm, I'm just like, I feel always like I'm so open about it. I just say like, you know, aging is aging. However you prefer to do it, go do it. It's, yes. it's a blessing. Like, you know, it's like we're blessed to be getting older. It's, but I'm open about what I do because I like women to feel yeah secure and like it's I think people, they get too judgmental about 
people who take care of their appearance. It's okay to do if you want to do. If you don't want to do, it's okay. And if people are judging you, that's their problem, not yours. Yeah, no, I like that. Always their problem. You look amazing. Absolutely amazing. (laughs) You've got like an ageless look, actually. But knowing that you're into that sort of health and fitness and, you know, your nutrition and all of that, I'm, I'm really not surprised. I want to know a little bit more um, about you, because you, you came to the UK in uh, 1989 to escape the war in Lebanon. So what was it like arriving and trying to settle in a new country, knowing what you'd left behind and why you'd left it behind? I was born in like 1972 and the war started in 1975. So I, I mean, even I remember things when I was three years old. So I still have those memories since I was three years old. Like some things I don't remember at 15, but I remember vividly things that happened when I was three. I I always wanted to leave because I never felt settled there. I always didn't feel like home because we've never actually established a home because we were like, let's say we lived in downtown Beirut and then the war started there. So we moved to the mountains. The war started there. So we moved south. The war started there. So we go back to Beirut. So it's never, we were never settled. So my dream was always like, I need just to get out. And then uh, my father got a work visa here to work for Harrods here. And then he thought like, okay, the war is there. So I need a visa for, whole, for my whole family. So they, get, they got him that's lucky enough. They, he could get us all a visa and then come here. And as soon as I came to London, first time I was almost 18 and I've never felt like home that was the first place I felt like I'm home and since then that was that's home like I've never moved anywhere else it was just home but yeah living a war is certainly teaches you to appreciate so many things so I find people who are born here or lived here including my own children by the way they don't appreciate like Oh, we have, like I still until now, I appreciate that we have electricity every time I turn the electricity on. Or we have running water and we have hot water and we don't have to escape and we don't have to shelter and things like that. Or we have food accessible all the time. So things like that, that you don't find accessible when you live in in a war all the time. So yeah, people think like, yeah, it's like, oh, we're not lucky. No, you're lucky just to be living in a stable country i mean i understand the whole world is unstable now (laughs) well the thing is i mean we're not in a war zone you know thank thank god we're not in a war zone but i definitely think people have been forced to have an appreciation for things that we took for granted you took for granted meeting up with family friends hugging people that sort of thing you just took all of that for granted and when it kind of all went away and you weren't sure like what else what other freedoms would, would we lose what I found overwhelmingly is that the majority of people now, like the simple things, the things that were there all the time, luckily we still have electricity, you know, yeah. thank you to all the bus drivers and the train drivers and the NHS workers. <laughs> we, we, we still had all those basic communities, have, yeah. you know, functioning country, functioning country. Exactly. But the little things like the walks in the park, spending time with your kids and cooking your own food and, you know, watching your nutrition, getting enough sleep and all of that. So I hope that's something that's here to stay, like checking in on your neighbours, just things that were kind of always available to us. And you kind of overlook it, don't you? Thing is, when you are in just a war, and I'm not talking just about Lebanon, unfortunately, there's so many countries in the world that have like war going on at the moment, is you feel 
you're the only person, like you're, this is the only place, like why us, our next door neighbors are not like that. Uh, and then you feel like, you know, I just want to, I just want to go. I just want to go to, and live in peace. This is what you want. You just want peace. You just don't want to be scared for your own life. I mean, despite what's happening now with COVID, and of course we have to be careful and we have to be like protected and protected others with what's happening but it doesn't feel like it's like I'm gonna die from it and people now like they talk to me like especially because I'm quite I'm not I'm not really uh careless about the virus and what's happening but I'm more like you know what it's a virus stay strong stay healthy stay fit you know and deal with it deal with it sensibly and the people who are really scared, which I understand that they've never dealt probably with trauma before or anything like that, they get really, really scared and they look at me like, you don't care about other people's lives. It's not that. It's just there is an inevitable thing that's going to happen. Um, but there are things that we can be sensible with. But being scared is not the answer. No. So it's things like that that makes me feel like, you know, living in a war probably taught me not to be not to be scared or be a little bit more probably resilient in yes. a way. Luckily, I'm here. So I, for me, the answer is like, yeah, this is home. Since the yes. first day, I remember I arrived on the 29th of December, 1989. And I was like, oh, it's freezing, but it's home. And you know me. <laughs> I think someone like you would have an attitude for gratitude, which then stays with you for the rest of your life when you're dealing with that kind of fight or flight thing and you've kind of been through that and had that adversity in the past, what you recognize is that in order to make really sensible decisions, in order to implement the right solutions, coming from a place of fear, you know, where you're clouding your, your judgment, it doesn't help. It doesn't change the situation. But when your attitude is, is negative, what that can do, that can make the situation worse. I mean, on a, on a mental health or even physical health, well-being level you could get more stressed depression could set in lethargy all that sort of stuff whereas I think if you accept yep situation is here I'm not blinded to it I know it's here exactly what you said you can think about like what are the strategies what are the solutions I can put into place to keep myself healthy and prepared and safe and keep other people safe yeah I like that attitude I think you have to face everything in life with positivity there are things that happen in life that you have no control of and literally if we try to take control over everything and feel like upset about it and uh, resentful it's not going to change anything all it does it's like you can't make the right decision you're stressed uh you end up with probably illnesses because of your stress so you have to face everything you have with positivity and whatever it is you just think about it and if you have no control of just let it go. Just yes. let it be. It's out of my control. Maybe it's my loss, but it's out of my control. So just let it be. It's impossible to control everything in life. I cannot. Yes, you can't. And I think people have to um, be clear what you mean by positivity. When I speak to people, they say, oh, we can't go around smiling all the time. That's not positivity. When you talk about positive mental attitude, it's not about you're smiling and you're pretending everything's okay when it's not. You know, there is a problem, but you're actually looking towards a solution. To me, that's what positivity is. It's like not allowing your mind to just make the problem bigger by being sort of negative. 
you can let certain emotions flow through you, anger, why me, all of that. But you're kind of aware that that's just natural human emotion rushing through you. And yet I'm still looking to a solution to fix this issue or change is coming. And that I can yeah. make changes in these areas and, I, and maybe I don't have any control over these areas, but this is what I can do. That's what I mean by positive mental attitude. Definitely. And if life taught me anything, I'd say I wish I learned to let go sooner in life and have the attitude that I have now because the problems don't stay. And sometimes we feel like, oh, I have a problem that's the end of the world. If you think about every problem, six months from now, I won't have it. You won't stress about it. So I keep telling my girls, like whenever they are in an emotional dilemma or in a like a career, like what am I going to do? Just stop. Just stop. And then just take a deep breath. Think about in six months time where you are. Don't think about now. Don't think about tomorrow. Maybe stress still there tomorrow. Let it go because in six months you're going to be in a different place. But if you handle things like with anger and with stress, you're going to be in a worse place. I have so many clients like now they write like their reviews about like my teaching and how I coped online and everyone like they have something in common that you're positive and you're smiling and you bring us energy and how do you do it? Some people ask me like, how do I do it during this crisis? And it is financially stressful and it is like physically stressful. And like you said, our freedom, we've been denied of our freedom and things that we regularly do. And, and I say like, it's first of all, it's out of my hand. It's nothing I can do about it. If I cry or if I smile, I'm not changing anything. Might as well face it with a smile. And if I'm smiling and you're smiling, I've done a job, right? It is about like literally spreading positivity. I, you can't imagine how, how I feel when I see someone who's just like moany and negative all the time. And I look at them and I think, you really need to sit and think and then just think of your blessings. Just think about what you have. And, and the sad thing is they don't realize that they create their own reality. If you're walking around just looking at all the negatives, we can't do this and we can't do that. Oh, can you believe this is happening? That's your world. And you just see how people deal with things differently. And I'm constantly amazed at the, the human spirit. I, I find overwhelmingly there's more people who are really positive and I think our, our job we have a responsibility to try and just touch those who find themselves in that negative space when people sometimes they get depressed they go either to food which is normal to smoking to drinking or in severe cases to drugs and stuff like that or uh, or antidepressants but like everyone else I know we all have those low points in our lives high points low points like we said nothing is stays the same I used to feel like I can't get out of bed. I just, I just don't want to get out of bed. I can't face the world. And then I literally get out, go to the park. I didn't even have money to go to a gym. Just go to the park, come back. Yes, I can do something now. And then go on with my life. But that was my run. But it was my stress relief. It was my happy time. It was my me time. It was like I used to put my music and go and I feel like I went on holiday and came back. This is, this is how happy it made me. Plus, okay, physically I feel strong. I feel capable. It makes me look good. Yeah, I have confidence. It's a no-brainer. I just don't understand why people don't exercise. It's like literally it's a no-brainer. Like why? And I think this year... 
you know, people want, wanted to get out and go for that walk in the park, as you mentioned, or that jog, all that free stuff that they can do in their garden. Yeah. You know, the skipping challenge, the exercise with Joe Wicks, what, whatever. So I'm hoping that that's a really positive step in the right direction. Also, they would have known that that self-care and that um, staying healthy was going to be very important in terms of their ability to fight off the virus in the, in, you know, in the event that they caught anything. You've currently have well, eight teachers, you're running about 43 plus classes a week, over 250 plus clients of all ages and abilities. And as well as the mat and the reformer Pilates, you're also doing yoga, um, bar classes, personal training sessions, um, etc. I've, I've set up Pilates mainly because, first of all, it works mentally for everybody. And uh, physically, it's something that you can do for the rest of your life. Uh, it's just not something that you will do like the gym, like short term, and then your muscle gets fatigued and your joint won't be able to cope. And the more I do it, the better I get and the stronger I get. So I find myself at my age now, 49, I'm actually stronger than when I was at 25. Wow. Physically, I'm much more capable. Like little things, little things. It's just, and I know if it wasn't for Pilates, I won't be able to do it. Like, let's say um, the smoke alarm in my kitchen, because I was cooking something. Let's say the smoke alarm went in my kitchen. I find myself within a second, I go on the kitchen top, press it off, kitchen top come down. Well, someone else will probably want to get a chair, someone hold the chair, trying to come up on the chair, just right. It's just like hop, kitchen top, press down, down, down. <laughs> Little things like that, that are functional in life, that I need to do. At 49, I don't think if you're not fit, you would be able to do that. I think people, even if they go to the gym, they still need to do Pilates. It's very important to keep form and to keep technique. If you have 10, 15 people, you can't help people out. If you have five people, you teach people the right way. I've had people coming to me after doing years of Pilates in a gym environment where they have 30 people or 20 people in a class, and still they still don't understand what an imprinted spine, what a pelvic floor is, little things that it's the basic principle of doing things. So I love, and plus I love that personal contact in a class. I love that personal, like when we have a laugh because there's only a few of us and we probably, oh, it happened that we're all on the same wavelength. It's a different, completely different environment than the gym. I firmly believe it's the only form of exercise that will keep us going for the rest of our lives. The only. Not underestimating anything else that people do. But I firmly believe that it's the only form of exercise that will keep us going as long as we live. So what is it about Pilates that is different to, I mean, you mentioned the gym. I have people who come like, oh, they train in the gym. They work so hard in the gym, but they're really tight. And then they discover as they're doing Pilates, they don't even have enough core strength to pull them through. These are like younger, the younger category, not the middle-aged or the older. Or people who play tennis or people who play football, rugby, uh, golf. And the core is very fundamental. Without the core, you lose balance. Without the balance, you start falling. As you get older, you break things you can't even repair. I've tried Pilates, and to be honest, the matte Pilates wasn't for me tried it once, next, tried it twice, and I have a three strikes and out policy. So, But then I went on to the reformer Pilates. 
I'd come across it before. It isn't something that's that widespread. So some of the listeners might think, mm. what do you mean? And I was hooked from the positions and the movements that I'm able to do. I can do things now that I could never do at the beginning. So I know that I've made a very quick progression, but I don't understand why I can't do the stuff on the floor with the machine somehow. I'm just more aware of all my muscle groups and I'm able just to do things a bit more and push myself a little bit harder. And I just enjoy it. With the mat, you need a lot more patience and a lot more learning. So, so many people give up because you need 20 sessions probably to get to feel where you're going with it. But once you're there, that's it. It's like, it's phenomenal. Um, On the machine, you feel something straight away because it's supportive and it gives you that resistance feeling where you feel like, oh, I've worked, I've done something and it gives you strength quicker. While on the mat, you need a lot more time to, to stabilize the body, maybe take the pelvis where it needs to be. Think of your shoulders when it need to be, your neck, your positioning of the feet, all of these things where you have no support to work with. Um, so the mat needs a bit more time to actually get benefit from. If somebody wants to get in contact with you to talk a bit more about some of the things we've discussed today, what's the, what's the best route? Well, they can like they can either contact me on Facebook. That we have a Pilates Body Shape page, Instagram, uh, our email, uh, info at pilatesbodyshape.co.uk. They can call me on my phone. My phone is on my Pilates uh, Body Shape, whether landline or mobile number. People can call me from anywhere if they want to. If they want to know a little bit more, or it's just even general advice. I'm more than happy to give time whenever That's I can. Fun. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Rima. You've been listening to me, Vivian Braidwood. Ask me any lifestyle related question or let me know which topic you'd like me to cover during our essential coffee break. Tag me and use the hashtag Shades and Coffee with Vivian on Twitter or Instagram. If you like this podcast, hit subscribe and please rate us. Shades and Coffee. Look good, feel good. Mm-hmm.